This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. What's the topic we're going to discuss this week, Kyle? We're going to go over buy term and invest a difference. This is something that we hear all the time from the talking heads that are out there and that, you know, this is the only thing that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is the epitome of financial noise, as Nelson Nash would have, would have said. Yeah, and it, it only covers a very small part of, you know, your whole financial plan and what you want to do. It doesn't look into the broad picture. Definitely not. It sounds very good and attractive on the surface, though. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good selling point for people to get started with with people. Sure. Yeah. And at a bird's eye view of it, it makes sense with, with, with what they're yeah, trying to do. without accomplish. analyzing yeah. the situation. Because first of all, by term, invest difference. Because term is cheaper than whole life. So why would you pay more for um, coverage? When you're just looking for this, you know, this insurance to just cover your death, like you're not looking for anything else other than covering the loss of your life and then take that extra money and then throw it in the stock market because the stock market only goes up. Yep. And whole life insurance has a terrible return. Yeah. You don't want to put money there. It's common. (laughs) Yeah. So. So just to um, give you guys an example, um, we ran this with a company. We were not trying to make one look better than the other. We weren't price shopping or anything. We just, we ran a a term policy and a whole life policy. Um, Standard health rating, $1 million of death benefit and annual payments for both of them. With a 45-year-old male, a whole life policy is $16,870 a year. And uh, with a term policy for 30 years, it's $3,626.20. So that's a huge difference, Kyle. That is a lot of money that you can invest. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what what are some of the problems with comparing these? The first one is that I can think of the length of coverage. Sure. For a 45-year-old male, they're covered for their entire life, okay, up to age uh, 121 when this contract matures and if they're still alive they get they get the check for the death benefit exactly so they're gonna get they're gonna get that death benefit one way or the they're other. gonna get paid one way or another whether they live till life expect till age 121 and they get the check or they pass away and their beneficiary gets the, the death benefit check yep somebody's getting paid mm-hmm. with term insurance life insurance companies are insuring you at a time when you are least likely to die Yes. So with the 30-year term insurance, absolutely, you have that $1 million of death benefit, but you're renting the rights to it for those 30 years. They know how many people are going to die. They've got it down to a science in certain age groups. And so, yeah, it's so cheap because so few of people in that pool are Ever actually going to on that benefit. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's anywhere from, I mean, you can look at different um, studies on it, but 1% to 2%. So that, that's the very first thing. I mean, one is basically ownership, and the other one is renting. Yeah. 
Um, and also, I guess we should say there's also nothing wrong with either or renting or ownership. It's the context of what you're trying to do. Exactly. We write term life insurance for people because mm-hmm. there's a need for it. Yeah. But don't don't try to confuse the two of them and and talk about buy term and invest the difference without you know further analyzing it. Sure. Um. The next. The next difference is um, with this particular product, uh, the whole life policy has an ever-growing death benefit. For instance, if if dividends and things are paid as as depicted, um, which they won't be exactly over the life of the policy, but if things did go um, as they are illustrated in this illustration, at age 85, there'd be an over $2 million death benefit. Yeah. Whereas the term life insurance policy is is a flat $1 million. Yeah, it never it doesn't gain in value. Right. <clears throat> okay. So what are some other things that need to happen to make buy term and invest the difference work? Well, you have to make money on that on those investments that you're putting in. I mean, you have to do the investing first of all. Yeah, you I'm, have to be disciplined enough not to spend that money. That's see that that's one of the main problems I think with this concept is is the majority of people then who buy into this system aren't actually investing the money. Yeah. And then what do you do with the money? Okay, say you did save that money, you saved the difference, but what are you going to do with it then? I mean, are you just blindly um, going to put it into the stock market? Do you find a, a financial professional to help you with it? I mean, that's totally up to you. Um, but what are your results going to be? You know, mm-hmm. some people, um, I wish I had a study here in front of me. I don't, but some people drastically underperform whatever the market averages. Mm-hmm. Many people do because they get in and out of, of, um, they buy high and sell accounts. low. Do they plan on doing that when they get into those? No. Absolutely not. But whatever economic conditions um, warrant it, you know, maybe they've been laid off and they have to. Maybe uh, maybe that they're just, they're in a mentality that they get scared when the market goes down and they can't take, any, take it anymore seeing that and money gets pulled out. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I'm not saying they go negative, but they underperform whatever the market does. Yeah. So is the is the popular invest 12% in mutual funds realistic? For some people, yeah. I I would say for a big majority of people it's probably not. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know be thinking about that I guess, you know, before you buy into this mm-hmm. strategy. You actually have to do it if you're going to try <clears throat> if you're going to try it. Yep. Um the, the next thing that I can think of is we're talking about something that is investing and something that is saving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Putting money into the market is investing. You have a, a risk of loss. With, with dividend paying whole life insurance, there is no risk of loss here. Okay. So we're comparing totally different asset classes and, and trying to compare returns of them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can do that. It's just you got to realize also what you're doing at the same time. Because, yeah, we have talked about and we have seen where when you factor in all the benefits of whole life insurance, that it can rival the returns of, you know, these mutual funds or or whatever. 
Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, you can look at it from that way, but you also need to understand the differences between that is not that is not what whole life insurance is all about. The stock, if you put money in the stock market or anything like that, real estate, whatever, you're doing that to get a rate of return. When you put money in whole life insurance, you're getting a death benefit, and you're not, you know, you're not going to lose any money. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, I mean, that's kind of where we fell in love with whole life insurance. Is yeah, so we can, we understand we're not losing money, we're getting a death benefit for the money that we are putting in there. We're getting access to that money for whatever we want to use. And it's also getting a pretty decent rate of return when designed properly. When designed properly and and for an asset that has no risk loss. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was all important to us mm-hmm. with, with IBC. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, a lot of people, I would say, you know, qualified plans, that's the easiest place for people to put money. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, cause it's just easy. Yeah. It er- happens from the job. It's taken out of the paycheck. Every employer's got one. So that's, I guess that's a good thing in itself that it happens because for some people they may not take the action to do it otherwise. Yeah. But you know, if, if part of the reason that you want to do buy term and invest the difference is the fact that, well, you know, you know, people that sell whole life insurance, they make big commissions and, and whatnot. I mean, I, I don't think that's really a valid point, um, you know, because there's value being exchanged there. You know, it's not a win for me and a lose for you. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. And it's a win for the insurance company. And you have to realize that anybody that's managing those qualified plans, they're getting paid as well. If you look at commissions from a stock, stock market account manager, some sort of portfolio manager compared to somebody selling whole life insurance, the way we structure the policies, the people managing those portfolios are going to make way more money over the lifetime of that portfolio than we are the life of an insurance contract. Absolutely. Even now, with, with their pay you know, percentages being less than what they, they were 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it's still more. And um, you know, they're, they're getting paid on that bucket of money, whether it's going up in value or down in value. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's a big thing there. It doesn't really matter to them. They just want your money. Yep. I mean, obviously there's incentive to have more there so they get more pay, but mm-hmm. I mean, you're still paid regardless of performance. Yeah. So I, I think that is a pretty easy thing to check off and say, you know, that's, that's not really an issue here. Mm-hmm. Somebody's getting paid in any in either scenario which i mean yeah you i mean it's not like you, people shouldn't get paid i mean the only reason that people shouldn't earn income is if they're not providing actual value right so i mean that's that's what capitalism is it's you know providing value you know for an exchange of value yep or providing a service yeah for an exchange of value yep um the next thing is uh that you guys may not have thought about is what if you use the cash value of your whole life policy to do your investing. Now you have money at work for you in your whole life policy. You can borrow against the policy if you want to take a loan against it. You can invest that. Hopefully it's in something that you're educated about and you're mm-hmm. not just speculating with it because that's going to up your chances of success greatly. Absolutely. Um, and if you should unexpectedly pass while you're doing that, 
the death benefit will be paid out to your beneficiary minus whatever the outstanding loan was. And so you took care of investing and the risk that comes along with it with one product. Mm -hmm. Now, you should definitely speak with somebody that is an educated financial professional on this topic before you do this, so you understand the pros and cons, but it's something that not a lot of people think of when they think of whole life insurance. But it's very possible and is done. It is. So, so those are the big, the big things that we have laid out here on the differences here. Why this isn't a very fair comparison. Yeah, and you got to consider the source too of when you're getting this information. I mean, yeah, obviously we're pro, pro we are pro whole life insurance. Um, if you look at somebody like the Dave Ramseys who are completely anti whole life insurance and pro market, I mean, you're going to get a different spin. I mean, we we realize and recognize that you can attain you know great amounts of value in in the stock market, but also it's just not like snap your finger, you're making money. Yep. You can't live on that rate of return that you're earning either. No. So, you know, be aware of that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and don't just listen to us. Listen to Dave Ramsey. Listen to our podcast. Start to draw your own conclusions Mm -hmm. about what actually makes sense. Exactly. And, you know, everybody's different. Like Dave Ramsey, his methods work people. We're good for people who want to live, you know, that type of lifestyle that he's preaching, even though he doesn't live that type of lifestyle, you know, that's, that's what works for them. You know, we're, we talk about, and other people in the IBC community talk about, you know, the different lifestyle that we believe in and we, you know, live ourselves. Yeah. I mean, we're doing what we, what we talk about and tell people with, with what, we believe in IBC and, and how we use our policies and, and we own policies. And yeah, everything. paying substantial premium. Yep. So, <clears throat> anyways, anything else that you'd like to add to this before we go, Kyle? I Just some quick points. We can wrap up what we've covered. So, what does IBC, Nick, what, are, what does it solve for these problems that we've list? Well, one is um, it's a temporary, we have a temporary Versus a permanent solution, which whole life being the permanent solution. Yep. Number two, um, there's a need for discipline and a strategy. That's for both sides. Absolutely. What, whether which what you're going to do or both. You, you got to have a plan and you got to know what you're doing and you got to have discipline. It takes discipline to be able to pay those large premiums to your life insurance policy. It takes discipline to, um, to save that money mm-hmm. instead of spending the difference and, and invest it. Sure. Also, with whole life insurance, you have no risk compared to with term insurance and um, investing, you have all the risk. So understand that. Um, one of my mentors, John Montoya, talks about how whole life insurance is, is pretty awesome because it's like this financial blueprint in your life and it takes no luck, skill, or guesswork to arrive at the destination that it's mapped out for you. No stress. You know what's going to do. You know how it's going to do it. Yeah. All the risk of performance is taken off of you, mm-hmm. and it's all left on the insurance company. All you have to do is pay your premiums. Yep. And, um, you know, another thing is you need more coverage as your income rises. With these IBC-designed policies, your death benefit rises every year. 
And that might sound crazy to people that they need more coverage as their income rises. But if you would pass away, there is that much more money that you wouldn't bring into your family's um, picture because you're gone. And what tends to increase as your income goes up? Expenses. Expenses. Your debts get bigger. You know, instead of buying a $75,000 house, you buy a $150,000 house. Mm -hmm. You know, all these things keep on going up. It isn't like we're just making money and we're paying off that debt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess that's what the mind might just jump to thinking. Until you have it. Until you have it and you live it and it's like, oh, well, you know, that that isn't actually what happens. That sounds good in theory. But that's not actually what happened. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. So kind of the same thing with buy term and invest the difference, we feel like. And also just not a fair comparison on a lot of levels. And I think that we laid out the arguments for that to, you know, use some critical thinking and, and take down. Yeah. So hopefully when you guys are thinking about this, you know, what's right for you, what you need to do, hopefully this adds some clarification to the to both sides. Yep. To the whole debate. So. Okay. That's everything I've got, Kyle. Yep. Thanks, guys. And tune in next week. All right. We'll see you. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.